Before we jump in, I want to thank my friends over at Samaritan's Purse for sponsoring today's episode. Every year, Samaritan's Purse puts together a project called Operation Christmas Child, where they give away millions of shoebox gifts to children in need around the world. It's the largest Christmas project of its kind. They've given away over 198 million gift boxes in 170 countries since 1993. Absolutely incredible. What I love about Operation Christmas Child is that they aren't just giving away shoe boxes to children in need, but instead they're using those boxes, those gifts, as a way to build relationships with local families, to share the gospel, and to make disciples. Millions of people around the world have heard the gospel as a result of receiving a shoe box. Operation Christmas Child is a great way for you as a dad to live on mission, to point your family back to Jesus, to serve together. It's super easy to get involved. You go to SamaritansPurse.org forward slash OCC. Again, that's SamaritansPurse.org forward slash OCC. You can learn about how to put a shoebox together. You can do this with your small group or your neighborhood, but I highly suggest that you get your family involved. Because of the size of this enormous project, boxes must be turned in by November 21st so they can be shipped off around the world. If you decide to do this, which I highly recommend that you do, you need to get started today by going to SamaritansPurse.org forward slash OCC. Again, that's SamaritansPurse.org forward slash OCC. Stephen, such a huge opportunity, man, for our guys to get to hear from you and hear a little bit of your story. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. I was reading your bio and you're like the most awarded, I don't know how they put it, something real fancy, like you're the most awarded. (laughs) (laughs) Just a bunch of fancy words that really don't mean a lot, but but sound really good. Yeah, it sounds good, man. Well, you've done a lot with your career, man, and you've obviously been wildly successful. But, you know, as I read those bios, I'm always just like, what's in between the lines? You know, like what's in between all those accomplishments? And, And I know just from talking to enough guys, like, you're a man, like you're a husband and a dad, and you're trying to figure this stuff out, trying to figure out what it looks like to follow Jesus in real life. Right. Many men, I think we would like to say that we can kind of rest on accomplishments, but man, you like, when you're putting your head down at your pillow at night and it's quiet, I have a feeling you wrestle through a lot of the same stuff that a lot of our guys are, are wrestling through. And so I'd love to just hear, man, like for you as a husband, as a man, as a father, like bring us down to real life. What's in between the stuff? What are some of the pain points that you've been feeling as of recent or in your life experience that's like that's kind of inspired the music and stuff that's come out and led to those successes? The best way to answer that is to say that really every song and you say kind of what's between the the lines or what's between the awards or the accolades or or whatever. And the beautiful thing I feel like about what I get to do and what God kind of wired me to do and then what I've had this amazing opportunity to do all these years is really to um, process all of those wrestlings and all those questions out with music. Cause that's kind of how I do it. Some people journal, some people, and I'm terrible at journaling. I've tried, I know I'm supposed to, you know, you like, this is going to be good. And I get, I've got a, a drawer full of about 50 journals that all have, I think three to four entries in them. And then I totally. set it aside and then Christmas time, I get a new journal or, you know, my totally. birthday, Hey, here's six. They look really cool, leather bound, you know, and I'll have four or five entries and then get life gets going. And, but I'm really thankful that I have the music because I can look back and honestly say, oh yeah, I know exactly what was going on, the struggles, the the things that were happening. And I just write songs about those and talk about it and try to, and really in a way, as I'm sort of working it out, but I'm also, it's written hopefully in a way to connect with 
the hearts of those that hear it. And the most encouraging, wonderful things I get to hear are when is when people, and particularly if I hear from guys, that'll say, man, you know, I just, your music has walked with me and kind of been a daily reminder for me as a, as a dad, as a husband, just trying to live out my faith in real time and in a real way in front of the people who, who know me best, because that's the, that's the truth for all of us. You know, that we can have a image that we present to the world outside. And then there are the people who know us best and who know the real truth. And that's particularly a reality for me because so much of my life, as you mentioned, is has been lived publicly. They can dress you up and put a little makeup on, make you look really good on an album cover. You can write songs and even present yourself on stage and even in interviews in a way that's like, man, this guy really has it figured out or has some things going on. But then when you walk, you know, I'm in my studio here now where I make a lot of my music and write songs, but it's literally one, I walk out a door, walk across a breezeway and I'm in my home. When I walk over there, the people who really know the truth about who I am and who I'm not are going to be over there going, hey, I know they love you wherever you just were, but right now I just need you to be a dad or be a husband or take out the trash or wash dishes or, you know, do some things that just are going to serve your family. And so I say all that is kind of a, a way to answer that. My realities are exactly what any other of you guys are. The biggest challenge and the biggest question, and I really got to put it in a song, actually verbatim almost, on a uh, album called All About Love, which was a record of basically, I'd say, love songs written to my wife. Mm. Really, I mean, I I use that term loosely because they're really songs about just the journey of how do I love well this one woman that God has put in my life, you know, in keeping with that, how do I love the others that God has put in my life, particularly to love and care for most intimately, and that's my family. And that song actually is a is really written as a prayer. And if you if you check it out, it you know starts off, oh, Lord, I know it's not the first time, and and it will not be the last. Uh, you'll find me here on my knees, I'm praying for this storm to pass. And basically, I'm wrestling with this question: How do I love her? How this is such a mystery. This is such a, we're so different. There's so much against us that's, that's trying to fight against anything that's good and beautiful and right and reflects the heart of God. And marriage is the thing that, of all things, that's going to reflect our relationship with, you know, as the bride of Christ and, and all of that. So, of course, it's going to be attacked. So how do I really love my wife? How do I really love my family? not just in my songs, not just in a public way, in a way that they really know and sense that my heart is for them more than all the things. And the hardest part about that for us guys is, and this is all stuff that we all know, but I'll just say it again, uh, remind us again, you know, we run to the things that we're competent at most. We want to do those things. I mean, I got buddies who absolutely love to play golf. I mean, they will play it all the time. And they're always trying to get me to go. And I hate it. I love the idea, but I'm not good. So I go and I play and the whole time I'm beating myself up and I'm like, man, you're a guy, you're supposed to be able to do this. What's wrong with you? You know, and all these voices yeah, yeah. and I'm fighting with, 
And then they get up and it's like, man, they hit the ball and it's smooth and it's like they're coming. And I'm like, we're just out here having fun. Come on, let's just, come on, let's go, let's go. I'm like, yeah, you're having fun because you're good at this. You're yeah. competent at this. You've practiced this and you're naturally bent towards, you know, your body works and you've taken less. I want to do the things I'm good at and that come naturally. And laying our lives down, serving, loving, giving ourselves away for others and for especially the people who we know best and know all of our mess and we know all of their mess and all of that is really hard. So it's hard to keep pressing into that sometimes, but that's what we're called to do. And that's actually where the real awards and rewards Mm. are. So it's worth it, but it's just not easy. Man, I hope every guy can just like, if they take that one line, we gravitate towards the things that we're competent in. I think that is a convicting line because I think that's why I've said this a lot for a long time, but I think that's why we have a lot of guys who just kind of bury themselves in work because there's a faster feedback loop. You know, like oh, I can, absolutely. I can go to work and quickly yeah. get a pat on my back. Uh, yeah. You go home yeah. and you try to crush it as a husband and dad. You're not getting that feedback loop. Very rarely is your are your kids going to say, "Dad, you're doing a great job. Thank yeah. you." <laughs> you know? Or your exactly. wife even. Most of yeah. our wives aren't going right. to do that, and they won't see the sacrifices. Yeah. And so it's just easier to go back and play golf, or go to work, or play fantasy football, or whatever. Make music, whatever the thing is. Yeah. It's like yes, somebody will pat me on the back sooner. You know? Yeah, so I, I appreciate you saying that. That's a convicting word. Are there any songs that you think of that's like, you said that, you know, you don't journal, so you write these songs and you kind of go back and you can see, you know, like, oh, I remember when I was going through that. Are there any, almost like memorials, which is really cool. You think about the scriptures talking about build these memorials, you know, it's kind of these songs for you, I imagine are like memorials, but are there any songs that you remember being in the thick of it when you wrote it and you were just kind Mm. of processing out loud and you were like, like, I hear you singing the song (laughs) in your car or whatever, but if you only knew... (laughs) Big time. Absolutely. <laughs> Just about every one. But yeah, you're, I mean, you put it like that and that's exactly it. Like, man, if you only knew, if you really could read between the lines, I mean, the immediate song, you know, I think of, I mean, so many people know that know my music at all, know my song, I Will Be Here, I wrote for my wife like 33 years ago. Mm. And what's true about that song is it's as true and as much of a commitment to those words today, this morning, waking up still by the grace of God, 38 years married to my bride. It's still as much of a commitment and a desire and a challenge as it was when I wrote the words. Now it's probably been about, yeah, about 33, 34 years ago, I wrote that song. My parents went through a divorce, which was a, it's really hard, heartbreaking thing because they were so committed to each other and marriage. My dad had grew up without a dad in his life. His dad left home when my dad was a baby and was an alcoholic and never came home, died when my dad was very young boy. So he never had a relationship with him. So he really was was flying kind of blind as a dad. But God really, when I was about eight years old, he gave his life to Jesus and, and asked him to really give him wisdom to be a dad and a husband. And he was a great, was and is still with me, thankfully, a great dad. But when they went through a divorce and, and just heartbreak, and I wrote this song for my wife because of just trying to say, God, how I want to finish this journey with her. And yet we're such a mess. We're so broken. And, and we're in this public place early on with my music and expectations that come with all that. And yet just constantly being feeling like I do not have what it takes to do this. I don't 
get it. I don't get her. I know mm-hmm. she doesn't get me. And yet on top of that, people are looking at us going, Hey, give us some words of wisdom or how do you do this? So I wrote the song, I will be here, which was just a song of, I like to kind of say just steely determination that I really want to honor and, and love you above all these other things in a way that really honors. In fact, a line that says, I will be true to the promise I've made to you and to the one who gave you to me being, you know, God gave you to me and I promise to love and honor and cherish you and serve you. I know I'm going to blow it and I'm going to screw that up, but, but I wrote that song. I mean, if you listen to their lyrics and say, I will be here when you feel like being quiet, when you need to speak your mind, I will listen. I'll be here when the laughter turns to crying through the winning, the losing and trying. We'll be together because I will be here. And I wrote those words through confessions. When we first got married, I was trying so hard. I'm a verbal. We got to talk this out. She grew up in a family where they didn't do a lot of talking, kind of sweep things under the rug. And, you know, you don't really talk about it until maybe it kind of blows up. Mm-hmm. And I was just like in this family where, you know, it's always blowing up and you're always talking about it, you know, yeah, but yeah. It, before and after. And one night we were early married and I was like, what's going on? So you seem like there's something bothering you. And, and she's like, I, no, it's okay. I don't want to talk. And, and then it kind of got sort of kind of got angry, got sideways. And I'm like, the Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. So we got to talk this out. Like Mr. Very foolishly, Mr. Like, Here's what the Bible says. I'm supposed to be the spiritual leader here of this deal. So this is what we're going to do. Yeah. Taking nothing into account, total clueless about the fact that, well, you can't really, you know, just throw that down and, and kind of mandate that because your wife is going to be having her own journey and right. honoring that and respecting that. And anyway, I was like, well, this is what the Bible says. This is the right thing to do. So this is what we're going to do. And she so I'm all worked up. She falls asleep. I mean, she's like, I'm going to sleep. I'm not going to, the sun's going down on your anger. That's for you to mess with. Yeah. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And I was just crazy, like inside going like, ah, like a rage, you know, mm. just like, you can't do this. This is not how it's supposed to go. And I got up and just out of my frustration, I just punched the wall on mm. my side of the bed and was our first little apartment, one bedroom apartment. And I mean, I just didn't know what to do with this frustration because she wasn't Mm -hmm. talking to me and she was being quiet and I wanted her to speak. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, and just hit this wall, put a hole in the wall. Fortunately, I hit it between studs, you know, so I didn't hit a stud or probably would have broke my hand, put a hole in the wall. And then, of course, the shame and the like, you are such an idiot, you know, and where is that coming from? What is your problem? And I mean, that was one of the first very defining, like, you got some issues and some stuff going on. And I mean, we would begin to seek out counseling and we have continued to for the last really 35, 36 of the 38 years. Wow. We have darkened the door of just about every counselor. If you ever need one, good one in Nashville, we can tell you the good ones and the not so good ones. Okay. None of them have fixed this yet. That's what's really <laughs> frustrating. Keep waiting for the ones going to really fix it. Yeah. That was one of those where when I think back and I sing that song night after night and people just the ladies are all like smiling and color up their husbands and the husbands are holding their hands because it's been sung in a lot of weddings. And they're like, you know, when you feel like being quiet and you need to speak about it, it sounds so romantic and sweet. Truth is, I was like, you know, it's like even when I'm like yeah. losing my mind because you're not talking to me mm-hmm. and I'm trying to talk this out and I'm trying to figure out 
how do I love you, lay myself down, all those things. And yet I've got this humanity going on in me that's broken. Mm -hmm. And I've got the old man and the two natures and the all that stuff. And so it's like, I got to keep running back to the mm -hmm. one. And I mean, I think just I could go on, on and on. I mean, throughout my, and Mary Beth and I, there's a song called Go There With You that was written for her. It was on my, um, I think it was on the Great Adventure record, maybe, or it was early on. And, and it was a song, again, that as we had started going to counseling and really trying to work some of this stuff out, one of the things that had come to the surface was that she had been battling with clinical depression. Mm -hmm. And that would be a battle. She's written about it publicly and been very open. So I had the, her blessing to share that and, and say it. And I know it's probably a reality for, well, I know it's a reality for a lot of women and a reality for a lot of guys who are walking and trying to love their wives who are battling that and guys who battle it as well. But that was, a, I wrote a, this song, Go There With You. And again, I didn't say and didn't feel at that point at all that it would be honoring to my wife to, to say ver, verbatim what we were battling. But the song says, I will take a heart whose nature is to beat for me alone and fill it up with you. Make all your joys and pain my own. No matter how deep the valley we go through, I will go there with you. Mm. I will take a heart. Let's see. Uh, I will give myself to love the way love gave himself for me. Climb with you to mountaintops and swim the raging sea to a place where one heart is made from two. I will go there with you. And that song was written in that raging sea of her finding out and us just trying to figure out is this just two people who are just struggling you know this hard to figure it out or is there other stuff going on and you begin to realize well there is there's stuff neurologically and things that are playing into this you know on both parts but for her in this in this clinical depression it's not you know she's trying everything she can to just say hey i want to be yeah. up and happy and feel great but there's something going on that I have no control over it. It's chemical and it's neurological and physiological, all that stuff. So yes, to answer your question, my albums and songs are full of, honestly, our journey. I always say that. I've got a few songs that are very specifically written with Mary Beth in mind, and you can hear it and know it, but she is actually woven into, and our journey is woven into every song I've written because it's been our shared journey, mountains, the valleys, the long stretches of just flatlands of journeying this life together. You know, what, one thing I appreciate about what the the stories and examples you just shared is it's, it sounds like there's a lot of times that you're like having to speak truth, even when you don't feel it. Like, I love that the, the picture of young couples standing at the altar, holding hands, playing your song and just, you know, crying. And you're like, if you knew I was like punching a hole in the wall, <laughs> you know, that's what yeah, was the, exactly, you know, yeah. uh, but it's like, I'm going to speak the truth of even though I don't feel like I want to be here when you're quiet, because what I want to do when yeah. you're quiet is I want to punch a hole in the wall. Yeah. But what yeah. I'm going to do when you're quiet is I'm going to listen and I'm going to be yeah. there with you or yeah. all the the other examples you share, which is so I haven't been married as long. So I'm, I feel like a rookie and I'm trying to figure this thing out. But one thing I'm learning is how much of what we're dealing with in marriage is truly just an attack on the marriage and not coming. Yeah, It's so cliche. And I hate to say the same thing over, but it's just like, even today, there's just like, there's these little, this morning, a little rub between my wife and I. And my first instinct is against her versus yeah. the, just saying the truth. Like, but the truth is there's an enemy that hates us and hates our marriage. Absolutely. 
and yeah. to just speak truth. Totally. And so you're like speaking truth in these songs, but I appreciate that, like the backstory. And I don't want to, if you had something mm-hmm. to, to share that, I'd love to to hear it. But um, yeah, I mean, that is very true that, that um, I've often said, if there's one word I probably have used more and I've never counted it, but to go back and look at my lyrics, say, is there one word that I've used more than any other word in my songs? Mm-hmm. And I've often said, I think it would be the contraction. It's a word, wanna, which is, you know, the contraction for want to, mm-hmm. because so many of these songs are written from a place of that. If this is God, by your grace and by your power at work in my life, this is what I want to be true. It's not, yeah, it's not that I've gotten here. It's not that I've gotten. And thankfully, I mean, that's what I understand scripture is full of as well. Paul saying, you know, I am weak, but he is strong. And in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. So I want to lean into that. I got to keep remembering this. It's the psalmist, you know, throughout David, you know, saying, how long, O Lord, are you going to forget me forever? It's like this reality. I feel this. But so why are you so downcast within me? Hope in God. Put your hope in God. I, I need to speak this truth into the darkness into the realities of the the storm coming against me right now, that this is who I am. This is who God says I am. This is who you are, not the enemy. I mean, it's one thing I probably know I say it. If I say more when we're in, you know, sideways or trying to work something out, it's just declaring it all the time because I need to hear myself say it. You're not the enemy and I'm not the enemy, but there is a real defeated, but still very active enemy against us. It's not each other. And man, I have to just like keep remembering that, keep bringing that to mind. And then, yeah, all of these songs that that I write so much, I've got my newest song that's kind of being played on radio and new single is a song called Don't Lose Heart. Mm -hmm. And it literally, I mean, it's a song really written to just anyone who's walking the journey with me that needs to hear this, but it's really written to my own heart. And it's very honest. Lyrics are talking about another sleepless night. Praying hope comes with the morning light. Right now you're feeling like you've lost this fight. Fear is screaming out your name. I'm not writing that for somebody else. This is me. And this is within the last six, eight months last year. And it was specifically around marriage and my relationship with my wife. Feeling like I've lost, I don't, we've lost this fight. Fear, can you do it? Are you, are you enough? Are you going to be enough? for this. I'm writing it to someone else. You know, you pray, God help me, but you wonder, is he even listening? Well, actually, I've wondered the very same thing. So there's, you don't feel shame in that because, you know, the shame of going, I can't even believe, oh, me of little faith. I wonder if God even hears me right now. If I'm being honest, I'm like, God, I'm crying out to you. But I'm like the psalmist going, but I think you've forgotten me. And is this forever? Are you going to forget me forever? And then I go on to say, let me walk with you through this valley and tell you all that I've learned to be true. Don't lose heart. It's not the end, but you're not alone. That's the hardest thing. The biggest thing is that we feel alone. So thank you for doing this podcast mm-hmm. to remind guys that they're not alone. Because yeah. sometimes that's the biggest battle and the enemy just isolates. And so you're doing such a great thing and just giving guys a, an opportunity, especially fellas to to just be reminded that they're not alone in this and that we got to just keep encouraging, cheering each other on saying you are, these are some of the most powerful words that I'll, Tom's kind of getting close to the end, but I would say just to remind 
you and remind other guys that are battling. It's a, it's a good brother of mine who often we just text back and forth when we're struggling. And he started saying this to me and, and I've said this to so many other guys because it just seems it's so powerful and empowering and true. Because if God's put you in that marriage, in that place with as, as a father, and he's entrusted those that family to you, then you are the right man for the job. That's right. You may not feel it, but I mean, yeah, I remember he's getting that text from and I'll get it sometimes like, as much as you feel like you're getting your butt kicked right now, you are the right man for this mm. job. God didn't make a mistake. He put the right guy there as, mm. as clueless, as overwhelmed as you feel right now. So don't lose heart. Hold on to that. Remember that. And if God's put you there and you are the right man for the job, then he's going to give you what you need at the right moment when you need it. If you just keep trusting him and just keep taking the next step, yeah. taking the next step. Man, that's a good word. We're wrapping up on time here, but man, I just so appreciate your honesty. I just want to say that. Thank you for just sharing openly and, and honestly mm-hmm. about some the stuff you've struggled with. I think about some of those lyrics that you even shared just on this podcast that you've written for your wife. And I, you've experienced so many things. One of the things being the biggest thing that most of us dads fear as dads, and that's the loss of a child. And so we don't have the time to get into all of that. But just for the guy listening who's like, man, I feel like I'm in the depths. Maybe they stumbled upon the podcast right now and they didn't even know what this podcast was about. Maybe they thought it'd be about funny dad jokes or whatever. And they're, they've listened to this far and it's like, oh man, this is real life stuff. But you've experienced like what I imagine is the deepest pain imaginable as a man and especially as a father. And so I guess maybe, again, we don't have to get into all the details, but coming from that place and speaking to a man who's listening to this episode right now, it's like, I legitimately don't know how I'm going to get through today. I'm at my lowest spot. What would you say to that? I think um, the first thing I would want to say would be, and really I just kind of repeat what I just was saying, that you, all the voices that are kind of whispering or screaming at you, you are alone, are the voices of the enemy who wants you to believe that, the roaring lion, you know, the Bible talks about enemy prowls, you know, around and, and is like a roaring lion with these things to make you fear and afraid. And, you know, you talk about the lion, you watch those, if you ever watch those animal planet shows or whatever, you know, and the, the lion always, they're, they're always trying to get one, whatever it is, zebra or whatever, isolated, you know, and that's how they take them down. You know, they get them isolated, get one off by themselves. And so that voice that are all those voices that will say, man, yeah, you're, you're alone. And I hear them uh, often myself, even being a guy, again, people look at a guy like me and say, man, you would surely never feel lonely or alone. I would say, well, you're wrong. Cause uh, I do very much in some ways you feel even, you know, you can feel even more isolated because you have a position on a platform, on a stage, and yet you wonder who really knows the real stuff that I'm trying to work through and deal with. So I'd say just first of all, to know that you're not alone. And in saying that, number one, there are guys all around you, and you may not even be aware of it, that are feeling and dealing with exactly the same 
realities. I mean, even in our darkest, deepest loss of our daughter, and yes, absolutely the most unthinkable, unbearable weight of grief and just how am I going to lead my family? How am I going to love my family? Knowing even almost immediately being aware for whatever reason that most marriages don't survive you know, the loss of a child, I mean, like 80 to 90%. I mean, it just destroys so much mm. that grief and that journey. I remember one of my first things even saying to God that, God, I cannot, you can't ask this of me. I can't do this. Mm. I can't, I mean, I can't do this. I can't lead my family. I'm not going to be able to do, to do this and love my, my wife and lead my family through this because I don't even know how I'm going to survive it. And it was and still is, again, only because of being reminded and having to remind myself and having to over and over again, remember that I'm not alone, that God has put people in my life. I've got to seek them out. Sometimes that's really frustrating. Sometimes I just wish they would seek me out. You know, Mm -hmm. they would keep coming after me and they do. But sometimes like even that's part of the hard thing is I don't want to reach out right now in this place of loneliness. That's one of those it's shameful. It's like, I don't want to be the guy who's just bringing the room down or whatever, or I'm weak. I just, I want to be strong. I want to be competent. I, that, that's in, in us as guys. But to say, dude, I'm really, really struggling. Help. I need you. I need someone. That's like so important. And, and I just don't believe the lies that you are alone because they are lies. And then not only are there brothers and those around who We'll walk with you if you seek them out and uh, podcasts like this to encourage you and remind you you're not alone. But ultimately, there's one who is with you, who will not leave you or forsake you. Even everything inside of you and everything around you may be telling you at this moment, I have been forsaken. I have been left alone with this. God, where are you? Are you going to forget me forever? Hmm. Look at those Psalms. Look at them hard. And even in those, you will feel less alone because you realize, wait a minute, the man after God's own heart, David himself would be like, God, I feel like you've completely erased me off your radar that you've forgotten me. And then follow those Psalms through, but you'll see him over and over again, make that journey to go, but wait a minute. That's what my mind is telling me. That's what my circumstances are telling me. But what's most true? What's most real? That's true. What I feel is real. But is there something, a greater reality right now that I can anchor my heart to? And it's over and over again. You see, even the psalmist say, put your hope in God. Your love is everlasting. You will not leave me or forsake me. You are with me. You are good. You are faithful. You are powerful. So heart, be still, rest again in God's promises. And what he says, that you are a treasure to him, and he's not going to leave you, that he's going to be your shelter, your refuge. Run into that Mm. refuge, run into that shelter, run into him instead of away from him into the loneliness and the aloneness. So those would just be my encouragements from my own journey and my own experience. Just keep running to him because he is with you, even when you don't sense it or feel it, and he is for you. Man. I would say to the guys listening, some of you are going to need to have the courage to be that guy for somebody else, to give somebody this bit. You got to reach out to a friend right now and just say, hey, man, whatever you're going through, I just want you to know I'm here for you. You can talk about anything. 
And some of you need to have the guts to reach out to a friend as hard as it's going to be and say, dude, I need help. And so mm-hmm. let's take Stephen's advice on that. Stephen, you've pointed us to Jesus, and I can't thank you enough for doing that and reminding mm-hmm. us of the good news of the gospel. And your new album is called Still, which, dude, you're you're still doing it, man. You're still putting out mm-hmm. good stuff and good truth for guys that, and for all people, but for us as guys that need to hear it. And so thank you for being faithful to God's call and for being willing to kind of step into the hard conversations today. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Great to be with you, brother. Thank you, Jared. God bless you, man. You too. Hey guys, I hope that episode was helpful for you on your journey of becoming more like Jesus and helping your family do the same. If this podcast and ministry has been helpful for you in any way, would you consider becoming a partner with us so that we can reach more guys around the world with the gospel? We would love to have you partner with us by going to dadtire.com forward slash give. Again, go to dadtire.com forward slash give. I love you guys. I'll see you next week. Thank you.